Good evening. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, my name is Jeremy Wright. I'm the pastor of Cedar College, and it's a sweet thing to be here tonight. Merry Christmas. This isn't actually Christmas tonight, so if you're freaking out wondering where your presents are, we've still got another week. Um, but that reminds me, next week we are meeting here Sunday morning to celebrate Christmas together at 9.30. We'd love you to be part of that as well. Next Sunday, that is Christmas Day, 9.30 in the morning. Um, Christmas story is a, it's an amazing one, right? You have God doing all kinds of amazing things, strange things, like planting the seed of life in this virgin woman, this unexpected trip to Bethlehem, there's shepherds seeing angels and then finding the baby, just how it was meant to be, and all of these ancient promises coming true just the way they're meant to be. It's pretty amazing, but how are we meant to engage with that story? Like, what are we meant to do with it? Let me tell you a little bit more of the story. It might help us. This is a really strange thing, this bit. Matthew chapter 2, something strange happens. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. A star broadcasting across the plains, across countries, across nations, that this far-off king has been born. That's, that's strange. And to the, to the king in Jerusalem, it's not something he wanted to hear. This is not good news. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. You see, Herod, Herod was king of Judea, and he wasn't a good king. He wasn't even born king. Um, Josephus, who was a Jewish historian at the time, he talks about how Herod was a, a really cruel and manipulative and violent king. Like He was willing to crush anyone that would stand in his way of staying king. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And note this, this newborn king, he's not like Herod. First up, he's born to be king. But second, it says, he will shepherd my people Israel. He's a shepherd. He's a protector, a guide, someone who will provide. Jesus talks about a shepherd laying his life down for the sheep. A shepherd is a good king, very unlike Herod. And then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. I'm guessing you're, you're picking up on this, that Herod is up to no good at all. Because, I mean, why is he being so secretive, number one? Why is so, he so worried about, what time was it that you saw this star? 
And why didn't he just go along with the wise men and worship this new king himself? So we're hearing this story and we're starting to worry for baby Jesus because something dark is brewing here. And then there's this strange thing again. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they'd seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. The star is back. God Almighty, get this, he is manipulating the whole cosmos for the sake of these earnest people that just want to find Jesus. And so you read that, and it reminds us, yeah, we don't have to worry too much about Herod because God is immensely more powerful than anything anyone evil can cook up. God moves stars. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's very happy, right? And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. This is no ordinary king, right? He's the one who moves the stars, who fulfills these ancient promises that they've just heard about, whose birth is a miracle in itself. God and humans united together for the rest of time. And that's why these wise men who have seen a lot in their lives, they've dealt with kings and rulers, politics, they've read all the stuff, and they've experienced all the things, and when they see him, they bow down and they worship, because they realize this is the true king. And then another strange thing. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. These are weird presents for a baby boy. So my one-year-old nephew's Christmas list, it's all trucks and dinosaurs and diggers. And Jesus gets lumped with gold, frankincense and myrrh. We'll come back to the presence in a minute. I, I want to get finished with the story because, you know, the wise men, they're going to come back to Herod and they're going to be so excited and they're going to tell him we sent him and that's where he found him and then Herod's going to go and it's going to get... Just when you think the baddie's going to win. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the wise men departed to their own country by another way. God steps in again. And not with a star this time. Although he could have. He could have gone big. But this time he goes much more intimate. He speaks to the wise men in a dream, right? He speaks to their deepest thoughts. He knows their deepest thoughts and he's meeting them right there. Think about that. That's extraordinary. What have been your deepest thoughts this week? What are your biggest worries? God knows them. God knows you. And he can speak to your deepest thoughts. To save you and not to crush you and to rescue you from evil. And what we all really want deep down is someone who gets us. Who understands deeply what we're thinking and what we're feeling. Who can speak to our heart 
and someone who's got a handle on the past and someone who knows what's going to happen in the future and who can protect us and guide us through all of that. That's what we want, right? And someone who's really worth worshipping. And that is who God is in that moment. That's who Jesus Christ is in that moment. Well, let's go back to the gifts, right? Gold, frankincense and myrrh, weird presents for a baby. They're actually useless for a baby. But they're highly appropriate gifts for a king. Not that a king needs them either. Like if a king wanted gold or frankincense or myrrh, he could just get the stuff. They're not giving him the gifts because he needs them. They give the king these gifts as a symbol because it means something. They're a sign that the one who gives the gift recognizes that the king is the king. So the wise men are saying there when they're presenting these strange gifts, Jesus Christ, you are the king. And this is really helpful for us, right? Because we're not there on that night back centuries ago in the ancient Near East, seeing a star and coming and seeing this baby. We're about as far removed by time and by distance as you can get from that moment, right? And yet, if this kid is who all the signs say he is, God born as a human to shepherd and to save and to be worshipped, then his status doesn't change. If Christ Jesus is God, born to be king of everyone, then he's still worth worshipping. And if that's the case, well, how do we do it? How do you do that today? Say, do what the wise men did. I mean, you don't have to travel across great wildernesses on a quest. You don't need to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem or Bethlehem. His kingdom is a lot bigger than that. He's actually easy to find. You don't have to worry about frankincense. Jesus doesn't need that. Forget the gifts. Remember the meaning behind the gifts. Because with their actions, the wise men were communicating, you are the true king and we are your subjects. And that's what we can do. And that's what we should do. Just bow to Jesus where you are because his kingdom reaches you. You don't have to try to make your way up to him. The king came to us. The king was born to us. Because Jesus Christ is God with us. God who controls the stars, right? And brings life out of nowhere and can speak to the deepest needs of our hearts. That's him. God born to us to lay down his life for us. As the good shepherd, Jesus Christ is the king. And he is still the king. And all there is for us to do is let him be our king. To communicate it with our actions and to live it out with our words. Jesus Christ, you are king. Let me pray for you. King Jesus, you are the king. And I'm so glad because there are kings 
and rulers and people trying to tell us what to do in this world and none of them come close to you. And we need you to to rule us and guide us and shepherd us and protect us. We thank you for laying down your life for us. Help us to remember that you are the king, greater than any other king. And that we would remember that in everything we do and everything we say. Amen. Amen.